Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. As I'm recording this, this will eventually make its way to a podcast. I'm very happy to be with you all this morning. Um, I have a couple of announcements. So those of you who are watching the replay will get the announcements. And those of you that I'm sort of waiting to find me here on Facebook will miss this. But I wanted to announce that two weeks from now, I have a five-day dating reset going on live. It's completely free, free of cash exchange and even free of obligation. It's an opportunity for you to sort of step back from your usual dating routine, switch things up a little bit and try something different. So if you're interested in that, I'll pop a link in the comments below. And without much further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get started on our topic, which is really just one powerful thing you can change that will change your whole love life. And this is based on this recent article that I read by the Gottman Institute. Now, the Gottmans, as you may or may not know, are researchers on relationships and marriage. They actually follow couples over time. They look at, they like seriously analyze what these couples do, how they speak to each other, and the ways they interact. And based on that analysis, they are able to see certain patterns of behavior and, and speech and connection between their couples who stay married for a really long time and are happy and couples who are unhappy or end up divorced. And they had an article recently that revealed there's one phrase, one specific phrase rose to the top as more commonly uttered between happily partnered people as compared to unhappily partnered people or people who end up splitting one phrase. And when I like when I read the highlight the the headline my first thought was oh that phrase is probably i love you. And then i thought no they wouldn't they wouldn't write an article about i love you. That's like too obvious, too corny. And then i started reading the article and i thought oh i bet it's i'm sorry because you know um every you know conflict is inevitable in every relationship. Every relationship is going to come with some amount of friction because that's what happens in real life when we make contact, right? Like I have no friction with the checkout lady at the fries down the street because I never even go there. So she and I never argue. We have no problems at all. Um, and neither do any of the guys and I, we don't have any problems there. There's no contact at all, but we have contact with someone and then there's a little bit of friction. So this is the real world we live in. Conflicts are inevitable. So my thinking is, of course, since conflicts are inevitable and in, in a, in every relationship, the difference between a happy couple and an unhappy couple must be that repairs are better between the happy couple. And I know that repair is super important. And that's why I teach my clients all about the repair process. But it turns out I was wrong about that too. I'm sorry is not the most commonly uttered phrase among happily married people as compared to unhappily married people. Who knew? The phrase was Thank you. 
That's the phrase. The difference between happily married and unhappily married people is the expression of gratitude. And that really got me thinking about a whole bunch of other things. So on the one hand, you could say the reason people are saying thank you is they actually have a wonderful spouse. So of course they're saying it more often, which is probably partly true. There's probably more compatibility there. But I was thinking about, you know, a lot of things related to gratitude. I certainly didn't feel appreciated in my in my first marriage. And part of that was due to profound incompatibility between me and my first spouse. But even more importantly, I think, and this occurred to me, you know, as I was concluding my my first marriage, the word appreciation has a couple of different meanings. And I have a medical background and a science background. So when I hear a appreciation or um, appreciable, I think about two things. Appreciation is what we talk about when an investment grows over time. So um, our, our stocks appreciate in value, so they get bigger in value. And so appreciation relates to that sort of growth in value. Appreciable also means noticeable. So if I'm doing a scientific study or in medicine, if I'm looking at how a client is doing, you know, a patient is doing today compared to yesterday, I might say there's no appreciable difference. And what that means is no noticeable difference. And so when you appreciate something, you notice it, which also in many regards causes what you're noticing to grow in value and worth because you notice it. And I think that's really key is being able to notice the good. It's a simple, tiny little mindset trick that is really only about noticing, noticing what's right in front of you, being able to appreciate the good and also to speak it, to say, thank you for making my life more wonderful by fill in the blank. And that helps our partners to feel like they are worth something in our eyes, their worth and their esteem grows. And I know that when my partner, my current husband appreciates me or sends me a little bit of gratitude, I know that it makes me feel worthy and good and appreciate, like seen. I feel like, oh, my contributions are noticed. That's awesome. Somebody sees that I have a lot to offer. That's really great. Um, so that's one thing. And then, so the bottom line is really, if you notice the good, whether you're married or single, Noticing what's good causes what is good in your life to appreciate and value. It magnifies the good and it it brings it into your attention more often, which then means it is more of your experience. You will experience more of the good when you cultivate an attitude of gratitude because you spend more time focusing on it. And so that's what's in your experience. You can't change your reality, but you can change how you experience your reality by shifting your attention and changing your self-talk. But that's not really where it all stops. So that's just sort of where it all starts. Because after I start to think about, oh, well, you know, showing appreciation, noticing the good, those things shift your experience when you reflect your appreciation back to your partner, when they reflect appreciation back to you and express gratitude for all that you do, both of you feel better with that appreciation. Your relationship grows in value. You grow in value in each other's eyes. But here's this other thing. What if you have a hard time finding those things to be grateful for? What if they have a hard time finding things to be grateful for about you? Well, what I want to suggest, and this is also like comes from my science and medical background, that 
Um, Louis Pasteur said chance favors the prepared mind. And I think I did a, a video on this not long ago, but I think it's also true that love favors the prepared heart. So part of being able to shift your mindset is preparing your heart to be open to the good that someone else brings into your life. And similarly, they have to prepare as well. It's not just a one, it definitely is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. So if you are married, please show this video to your partner and say, hey, what do you think about this? What can we do to increase our gratitude over the next, you know, 10 days? What can we be more thankful for about each other? Hey, what's this thing you're contributing that I'm missing? And by the way, here's what I'm contributing. And I would love it if you would notice this more. And, or if you do notice it, just tell me. But chance favors the prepared mind and love favors the prepared heart. And so if you are single or if you are married, how do you begin to prepare yourself for that love. And some of it really is about noticing what is already going on. So the discovery of penicillin, when Fleming discovered penicillin, he was a microbiologist. He went to look at his Petri dishes and he noticed that there was an area on a Petri dish where mold was growing. And it turns out that around that area, no bacterial colonies grew. And some people could just look at that and say, oh shit, my Petri dish got contaminated with mold and I have to throw it out. But Fleming didn't do that. Fleming said, hey, whoa, how cool is that? This thing I thought was wrong actually turns out to have a hidden gift. And this gift is now making the world a way better place. Way better. And I'm pretty sure that Fleming was not the only person who had an observation that certain microorganisms fight against each other. It's just that Fleming noticed it. And Fleming noticed it because he had a mindset that already told him that microorganisms were a thing. And believe it or not, we didn't know this information. It's been like less than 200 years that we have understood germ theory, that germs are even a thing. And before we understood that, people did science that demonstrated that there's a magic factor that is being passed along hand to hand to spread diseases and they even found one way, Ignaz Semmelweis even found one way to prevent that. But because he couldn't explain it, no one could pay attention to it. And a lot of people died in the interim. And it was just a few years, like a few years after Semmelweis died himself in a sanatorium after having his whole career taken away for saying, hey, I think there's like tiny things we can't see that are causing infection. Just a couple of years after that, they discovered germs, which sets the stage for Fleming to then make a big deal out of what he found. And the thing is, why I'm telling you all of these things from the history of science is there might be small things that you're not noticing that your partner does. There may be things in your dating experience you may not have found exactly what you're hoping to find. The discovery, that big aha discovery may not be there yet. But I'm telling you, it's waiting for you. You and your partner or you and your future partner may not yet be on the same page, but it's possible to get there. Just like it was possible in some regard to come up with all of these scientific discoveries, but we had to be open to seeing it as a species, as scientists, as a medical community. We, there had to be some preparation work. And that preparation work to see what is good in yourself to see what is good in your partner and to see possibilities for 
potential future partners if you're single is what I love working on with people. I love working with people on preparing their hearts to be a place where love can thrive and grow. And that's what I love doing with couples and with single people. Because I know there's a lot of research that shows that people in happy relationships of all kinds experience greater life satisfaction, greater happiness, better health. They get all the good stuff. And I know that for me personally, I struggled with relationships and it wasn't easy to figure it out. But I know that I wanted that benefit. Totally knew I want that for myself. I want the best that I can have. And what I hear from science is that the best I can have is a really good relationship. So let me figure that out because there are things people do when they're in good relationships that are different. And those things that they do make the relationship better. The number one thing that you can do is appreciate the good in your partner. If you are already partnered, if you are single and you are wanting to prepare your heart for love, you're going to similarly need to look for the good. And that doesn't mean overlooking the bad. It means looking for the specific good that is going to be most nourishing for you and looking for someone who can see the good in you and appreciate it in the way you need. And that is what I help women achieve in my Mindful Dating Intensive. So I'm about to hop off here. If you are already in a couple and you want to work on closeness, please reach out. I do couples coaching. That is done on a private coaching basis. If you are single and you want to prepare your heart for love because love favors the prepared heart, please reach out to me. I have a five-day dating reset, absolutely free, no cost, no obligation, coming up in two weeks. would love to get you in that so that you can learn five keys to finding lasting love without losing yourself in the process. And we're going to dive deeply into each one of those keys. That's all I have for now. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BechiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bechira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.